This is a very emotional time for me right now. This is the very first time I'm doing the podcast since my brain surgery, elective brain surgery, unnecessary elective brain surgery. Unless it was necessary, no accredited doctor would even do it. You know what it's like to keep getting rejected by brain surgeons? I'm no brain surgeon, but I know. So I had to go find an unaccredited doctor. And my Medicare wouldn't even cover it, so he had to be cheap enough, too. You know how much gas costs driving to Tijuana? The drug cartels cost me, too. I had the surgery months ago, and now I'm back. I had no idea I'd be this emotional. He switched my old brain with a chat GPT brain. Chat GPTs don't even have emotions. I was so sick of hearing about AI and how smart ChatGPT is compared to the rest of humanity. So I went through hell to do something about it. And now, people at parties ask me to write their term papers. They're just using me. But I don't have emotions, so I don't care that they're just using me. Then why am I feeling so emotional? There are many possible reasons why I might be feeling emotional. Hormonal changes. Hormonal fluctuations can affect your mood and emotions, particularly during certain times of the month, e.g. during menstruation. Stress. If you're under a lot of stress, this can increase your emotional sensitivity and make you more likely to experience strong emotions. If you've experienced a traumatic event or recently lost someone important to you, this can trigger intense emotions. What emotions? With my new brain, I'm not supposed to care about that stuff. Why did I go to an unaccredited doctor? There may be several reasons why someone might go to an unaccredited doctor. One possibility is that they were not aware of the doctor's accredited status or did not consider it important at the time. Another is that they did not have access to accredited doctors due to geographical or financial constraints. He must have screwed up. <laughs> but I'm going back to him. After my surgery, they released GPT-4. And I'm sick of hearing how smart GPT-4 is. Keep hoping for the ride to turn my tide. Keep Searching on the sidelines, searching for the guidelines, twitching on the byways, hitching on the highways of life. Welcome to session nine of the Neurotic Vaccine. I'm clinical and forensic psychologist, Dr. Scott Kapoyan. We can all build our own roads to the freedom of well being, or we can build barriers that help keep us stuck. Why not build barriers to the traits that can stifle self-growth? What I also wish for my patient, former Seinfeld writer and author Andy Cowan, a barrier to neurosis. How about building a barrier to banalities? <laughs> I think you missed your true calling, platitude peddler. <laughs> Andy, I'm all for overcoming barriers that limit self-growth. And if banalities is part of that, let's do it. How about ungrammatical usage of the English language. Banalities are. are. Are you willing to improve that part of your... Uh, Absolutely. I, I accept your self-correction because I can accept feedback because I am not neurotic. <laughs> Very good. No, but that, that definitely is a strength of yours, the precision of language. I'm going to file that, Andy, in my therapeutic notes on you and come back to it and see how we can use your exact use of the English language to further your growth as a human and to overcome barriers that limit you. How about referring to it later and see how it can improve your barriers to uh, speaking your mother tongue? <laughs> barriers that limits you, limit you. Wait a minute. Uh, how about if I deal with that issue in my own therapy, Andy? Right now, the focus is on you. All right. <laughs> you remember my phobia about the other shoe dropping after things seem good and you think you have well-being? I've mentioned that a lot. It was one of the many 
issues that you presented. And to be more precise, I wouldn't classify that as a phobia, Andy. It's more like general anxiety, one of many situations in your life, real, imagined, or perceived that you have worry about. But it's not a true phobia in a clinical sense. Well, this one was real. The shoe dropped. My girlfriend's moving back to Canada. When did you hear about that? Oh, she'd been dropping little hints here and there, how she's sick of L.A. and the culture and the country's gun laws. I mean, who isn't? <laughs> Just imagine uh, your thought bubble. Uh, wait a minute. I'm part of L.A. Does that mean you're sick of me? You mean the 1,100 square feet of my apartment? That's the only part I'm part of. <laughs> yeah, she misses her family. Her father's not well. Uh, meanwhile, she still signs off emails with XO. Says she'll miss me, always love me, and she's not moving back for months, but now she doesn't want to get too close because it'll hurt that much more when she finally does leave. Mm -hmm. I'd be better off if it didn't hurt and she hated my guts. Then maybe she'd see me. Well, you know, you have talked about this relationship in a lot of different ways and you had tremendous hope for it to succeed. And it seemed like for a while there, it was on an upward swing. You've invested a tremendous amount of mental energy and effort and emotion in this person. And it sounds to me like you just haven't consistently gotten what you've put in, what you put out. <laughs> put out, put in. That's not even consistent. I applaud you for hanging in there as long as you did. You gave it a Herculean effort. Did I say that right, Andy? Herculean or is it Herculean? No, but uh, Hercules called and he wants his name back. <laughs> <sighs> well, at least a human being is saying they'll miss me. Beats the miss you emails from websites I haven't bought anything from lately. Now I'll be back to hearing from Viagra.com. No need to stock up there. Well, Andy, maybe that's an argument for furthering real-life connections as opposed to some of these automatic bot connections that you seem to be getting and are frustrated with. You mean meeting new people in my life who wind up knowing me enough to miss me? There's a tall order. It's never easy, but you, you have a chance when you're out there trying to make it happen. You have no chance when you're just relating to your computer. Kill the one relationship I do have, why don't you? Uh -huh. You know, new romance fades, loving kid turns into a bratty teen. You crash after getting high. I guess that includes getting high on life, which I was there for uh, at least a summer with this woman. Mm. I'm connecting uh, with breakup songs now. I, I can't even draw pity for what I'm going through. Tons of lyricists have already been there. Just friends, lovers no more. Just friends, not like before. Sam Lewis, 1931. John Klenner wrote the music. Lush Life, Billy Strayhorn, also in the 30s. Life is lonely again, and only last year. Everything seems so sure. Current enough song references for you, Dr. K? My love life's as dead as the lyricist. Isn't this a good thing? What? that brilliant songwriters have chronicled this all-too-human experience for decades and decades to let you know you're not alone. Yeah, but they made royalties off their misery every day. <laughs> what am I making every day? Toast? The relationship's toast. You have a richer human experience. That's what you've gotten out of it. Alone again, naturally. That's only a half century old. I always related to that song. You remember that one? Gilbert O'Sullivan. That's it. You know, mutual funds, you always hear... Past performance doesn't guarantee future results. <laughs> Same thing applies to mutual fun. That is so true. And just because there's an intense loving situation, there's no guarantee it will last. Yeah. Investing involves risk and possible loss. 
Investing our emotions involves risk and loss too, Andy. But if you stay on the sidelines, you're guaranteed nothing will happen. Uh, glad you're not my broker peddling crypto. I'd be broker. <laughs> but there is a guarantee that you won't have a chance at all if you don't try. And you really put forth an effort there. And you got real close. And you'll get even closer next time. I guarantee that, Andy. I don't know. Tis better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Maybe it's better to have never loved at all. Then you don't know what you're missing. You wanted to love and you did. And it was working out for a while until it no longer did. But man, I mean, I think it's great that you were able to make that effort and to pivot that way. That was a big deal for you. Not that it didn't work out, but that you gave it your all. And there were some really cool things about it. You know, Dr. K, I always rationalize when a relationship ends. It's a survival mechanism. Ducked another bullet. Wasn't meant to be. It's the only way I can feel better about it. Yeah. She had her issues. Uh, the way she pronounced, oh, I wasn't crazy about. <laughs> anyway, I can tarnish things in my mind. Otherwise, to think my ideal better half just blew up in smoke is too painful. I think you're on the right track towards recovery and development. You're really making an effort to accept this change, this loss, without rancor, without anger, without hostility, without all the negative emotions that can paralyze you. Getting back to tarnishing what I once had in order to feel better about not having it now, did I ever tell you the uh, presidential debate story? No. We were both political junkies. We had so much in common. Ah, back to tarnishing. She was coming over to watch the first Trump-Biden debate and uh, running late. So I started watching, and when she got here, about 10 or 15 minutes into it, I went back to the beginning of it because I DVR'd it, and I didn't want her to miss it. I was so excited that she was coming over. And she was annoyed, mad, mm. that I didn't wait to watch from the beginning till she got there. I was so excited and fully prepared to watch the whole thing with her. She said it was like meeting at a restaurant after I already started eating. You can't rewind back to the appetizer. <laughs> That's what I told her. So how did it play out? We wound up having our own debate. Could have used our own moderator. She kind of gently stewed about it and let it go and kind of realized it was overblown. And how did thing. you process her antipathy, Andy? I mean, I was shocked at what I thought was an overreaction. She was saying, if I had known this on the way over here, I would have turned around. I mean, all I was thinking about was making the place comfortable for her arrival. And she was running late and the thing was starting. And I was thinking, oh, this is great. I'm recording it. The second she gets here, I'm saving her the premier couch position. I'll rewind to the beginning. So it's all good intentions flowing through my brain, nothing but goodwill towards her in my brain. So that was such a jarring juxtaposition with how she reacted to me. Well, it was. I think that's an accurate assessment on your part. But the real issue here, Andy, in terms of your therapy and growth as a human being is how did you react to this juxtaposition? Were you curious? Were you angry? Were you accepting? I don't know if I was curious, but I am curious. How you came up with such lousy multiple choice options. <laughs> I was ultimately accepting. Yeah, and you did something kind of cool. You went to humor, you know, the rewind comment. Huh. 
I wasn't there to see if it was hostile humor or non-aggressive humor. It sounds like you were trying to make light of the situation. And Andy, we all know that humor is a high-level defense psychologically. It was marginally snide. Yeah. <laughs> well, Andy, that, that shows a level of insight. Ah. A tad snide, I think, is understandable in the context of, look, you really tried to make it happen, and it was a disappointment. How did the rest of the evening go? Well, it went great because Trump lost the debate. <laughs> You know, her past relationships didn't exactly go the distance. Could I be subconsciously drawn to women who ultimately pull out of relationships, relationships doomed to fail, because I somehow want them to fail? We all have had issues in relationships. I don't know what her particular issues are. I would not want to speculate, and I would not want to speculate that you're at some level in your unconscious drawn to failure, drawn to things that aren't going to work. You mean like my therapy? <laughs> <laughs> you may consciously think this isn't working, but your subconscious knows better, Andy. <laughs> Talk about speculating. From what you've told me about it, this was going in quite an upward direction. But there were other variables in her life that were stronger than the connection to you, whether it was Canada, other issues. She was so independent. We didn't even talk between dates, just email. She didn't like the phone. She didn't even text me. Mm. The annoying default for talking. I mean, I liked walkie-talkies as a kid. I would have had no interest in walkie-texties. I think you're bringing up something that's a cultural trend. I've noticed that a lot of people do not want to talk on the phone. They're losing that skill of interacting with mm -hmm. people. I think it's deeper. It's more meaningful. And I, you know what? I think it's going to come back to that at some point in time. Walkie-talkies? I wonder how she would have responded if you said, Hey, how about walkie-talkie? <laughs> how about a CB radio? Yeah. I just want to hear your voice. The rare times I did catch her on the phone, she always sounded a little morose. More tarnishing? <laughs> I don't know. I must have liked morose. Uh. If she was chipper all the time, maybe I wouldn't have felt I had enough in common with her. Hmm. But I wouldn't have minded a little more lift in her voice when she heard from me. Should have gotten her an antidepressant for her birthday. I think the idea is that you're you're the antidepressant, you know, with your exuberance, with exuberance. your cheerfulness, with your attempts to make things happen. Uh, this antidepressant didn't work on her. Or maybe I just caused her some of the side effects. She got a lot of headaches and didn't sleep all that well. Aren't those side effects of antidepressants? It's not true of all of them. Did you say antidepressant or antidepressant? <laughs> I think that's redundant. <laughs> no, but we really weren't compatible. Speaking of sleeping... She didn't like sleeping with another person. And she couldn't believe she met a guy, me, who didn't like sleeping with another person. And I couldn't believe I met a woman who didn't like sleeping with another person. Wow, well, that's an important part of compatibility. You hit that button pretty clearly. Yeah, I mean, why does sleeping together have to mean sleeping together? Sleeping is a selfish, solitary experience followed by waking up and adjusting to being awake Another selfish, solitary experience. Why not spend just the best moments together? That's what a pilot script of mine years ago was about. Hmm. Reinventing marriage along those lines. I don't know how people who sleep together do it. By do it, I mean sleep. Yeah, yeah, I got it. And there's a lot of people who have phenomenally successful and loving relationships, but they don't sleep together. I don't think it has anything to do with intimacy. Some people's sleeping habits are just annoying to the other person. So I, I think it shows respect. You know, I have a twin sister. Um, I haven't slept with anybody since I lived with my roommate. <laughs> and we were preemies. Oh, you came out first. Yeah. I was so anxious to be on my own. 
I pushed out six weeks early. <laughs> Couldn't even commit to a full-term pregnancy. <laughs> Did my prenatal sister help make me the loner I am today? Well, that's in the realm of speculation, but uh, maybe it's worth pursuing. Well, the next time you counsel the Olsen twins, uh, be sure to ask them. <laughs> I'm not implying the Olsen twins need therapy. Uh, they're very rich. I don't want to get them out. <laughs> you know, the crux of our time together was during the shutdown. So I really didn't even have time to introduce her to my friends. Yeah. Now that she's out of my life, it would help to hear somebody say, never liked that girlfriend of yours. <laughs> That's how you find out what people don't like. You get rid of it. <laughs> Decades ago, I got rid of the mustache. Never liked that mustache. <laughs> if I ever got rid of me, my mourners would go, never liked that Andy guy. <laughs> then again, Joni Mitchell sang, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Time for reflection? Yeah. I once sent my mom an old JPEG of me from the 70s. A friend sent me, and she emailed back, oh, you look good. I remember this. Meaning, I looked good in the 70s. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the 70s, she said my hair was too long. Meaning then, I looked good in the 60s when it wasn't too long. Over a compliment that isn't time-released. Well, some mothers are never satisfied. <laughs> No, nah, my mother was great. I loved my mother. That's not just a time-release compliment. <laughs> I like that, Andy. You know, with the ex distancing herself from my life, uh, I'm very aware now of when women in general seem to be disengaging from me. This happened last week. I'm in line at the supermarket. Checkout girl. Is that politically incorrect? Checkout woman. Checkout person. Checkout person. Non-binary checkout person. Ask the customer ahead of me, how's your day going? He leaves, then it's my turn. Nothing. <laughs> I grab my bag, and she asks the guy after me, how's your day going? <laughs> I swear! Guess she didn't ask me, because she knew how my day was going. Lousy, because she didn't ask how my day was well, going. I like that you got out of your house. You went to the grocery store, because that's a great opportunity to meet people. And one of my assignments that I always give to individuals who are socially anxious is to go up to five strangers in a supermarket or a cafe and just introduce yourself. I know. You gave me this advice in an earlier session. You're saying it's a positive thing? I went to a supermarket? To replenish my food supply? Uh, that's the only reason I went. Not to check out the checkout girl person. And I wasn't socially anxious. I was anxious to finish the chore of shopping and get the hell out but, of there. But social connections can't happen anywhere you are, Andy, including a grocery store. So just looking at it as narrowly as a place to just buy food and get out, uh, you might be missing some potential opportunities, whether it's with the checkout person, whether it's with somebody in line, whether it's somebody that you see walking around. Hey, what do you think of the vegetables in this aisle today? Vegetables? With a line like that, she'll think I'm one of them. Well, I'm feeling less ignored after that session, Dr. K. Glad you felt engaged, Andy. Nice to hear that. Not feeling ignored is different from feeling engaged. Sounds like you ignored what I said. <laughs> well, I guess that's something I have to work on, right? <laughs> Well, this much I am feeling good about, Scott. Being back for season two of the Neurotic Vaccine on Benstown McVeigh Media Podcast Network. Very exciting. We have really been so gratified by your comments about the show and how listeners have discovered us around the world, including our fans in Greece, where we hovered on the charts for months. 
the cradle of Western civilization. I like the fact that we're extending the cradle of Western civilization and we're, we're bookending it. Then again, ancient Greece worshipped the unibrow, so they don't always get it right. But they were the cradle of Western civilization, and we built upon that. Okay. Tell that to the uh, celebrity guests we don't even have on the show today. Andy. Yeah? Your self-worth isn't dependent on an association with celebrity guests. Mm. You're worthy enough without them. It can just be you and me. Yeah. And I want you to start letting go this season. Not everything has to be smooth or perfectly edited or, or produced. Let, let's... Okay, I'll leave that flub of yours in. <laughs> <laughs> the pursuit of perfection you'll never be able to obtain is a recipe for frustration. How is that encouraging me to be my best self? Screw editing the show. Screw the pursuit of perfection. Screw big name guests. Yeah, screw and overfocus on it. Mm. There's a glut of celebrities, Andy, but there's only one of you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you should be my agent instead of my shrink. <laughs> well, I can't quite go cold turkey yet on quitting celebrities. So we're easing into a, uh, no offense to our guest, lesser celebrity today. <laughs> to help eventually wean me off them completely. Non-neurotic Nell. Nell Rogers will be virtually visiting with us shortly. She claims she's never been neurotic a day of her life. To know that for a fact strikes me as neurotic, but I'm neurotic, so maybe that's just me. I'd like to hear from uh, non-neurotic Nell, because uh, this could be a rare find. Maybe I need her antibodies to form my own immunity to neurosis, Dr. K. I wonder what she'd say to that. Well, you know, one thing that's been making us all a little neurotic as I poked fun about up front, while we were away, we have heard so much about AI, artificial intelligence, and AI technology like ChatGPT. It's an exciting development. I'm interested to see where it goes. I think it could be a great help. Well, you know, knowing what I'd be talking about in therapy earlier, this is absolutely true. The other day, I asked ChatGPT about my problem with the checkout girl. You're using AI technology as your therapist? So what? A lot of times your answers are robotic. <laughs> That's pretty good. This is legit. I typed out my whole supermarket saga in the ChatGPT text box, hit enter, and ChatGPT instantly gave me feedback. No hemming, no hawing. Well, Andy, I'm not sure about this. I don't think you should enter an unproven technology with your psyche, with all the parameters that that holds. I think you're entering dangerous territory. Oh, oh you, you, you sound threatened. By the way, you're feeling threatened by AI that isn't even as smart as its successor. I didn't ask for help. GPT-4. I'm concerned about your well-being, Andy, as your therapist and as somebody who cares about you. I don't want you to put yourself into a situation where you could get hurt. Well, if you weren't threatened before, you might be now. I took sound files of your voice from a show from a season one, duplicated them so it was at least two hours long, that's what a site called Play.ht requires for voice cloning. Well, I, uh, I appreciate you asking uh, my permission to do that, Andy. Which I didn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's the point you did. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe how natural it sounded. I swear, this is not a bit, listeners. About an hour later, they sent me back your cloned voice. And I typed ChatGPT's feedback on the supermarket problem into play.ht's dashboard, hit generate preview, and 30 seconds later, AI Dr. K. Wow. Want to hear him channeling ChatGPT? If I must. Here it is. Ultimately, while it's nice to be acknowledged and engaged with, 
it's important not to take things like this personally. Yeah, Instead, focus on being polite and friendly yourself. So true. Oh, talk about obvious. And remember that sometimes people are just having a bad day. Good point. Of course. What, what, it's what, what also is that? possible the checkout girl didn't intentionally ignore you, but simply didn't feel that asking about your day was appropriate for whatever reason. <laughs> What a meaningless, mealy mouth response. There could be any number of factors that influence her decision to engage in small talk, including her personality, the store's policies, or the particular situation at the time. What's that have to do with her personality? She asked the others how they're doing. Oh, thanks for reminding me. AI, Dr. K, is making me feel better. You're making me feel worse. Boy, if you were only as receptive to my attempts to help you, uh -huh. as opposed to vague... General, simplistic. Our therapy regimen hasn't been pretty vague. <laughs> oh, you don't think I'm individualizing your treatment to your expectations, Andy? Uh, don't worry. AI Dr. K isn't after your job. I'm not worried. Uh, nobody can replace me, Andy. Uh, yeah, they haven't invented artificial narcissism yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going down a non-therapeutic road here. How can you get better with these kind of platitudes and, and banalities? Platitudes. I called you a platitude peddler. I had a feeling you'd be threatened. <laughs> <laughs> I proactively asked ChatGPT about it. <laughs> <laughs> and Play.ht had your clone recite ChatGPT's answer. You want to hear that? Okay. As an AI language model, I do not have the capacity to threaten or harm anyone, including your therapist. See? He's wrong. Text matters. I exist solely to provide information and support through text-based communication. It is possible that your therapist may feel intimidated ah. by the idea of you seeking information or support from an AI. I'd rather acknowledge my intimidation than a uh, disingenuous <laughs> certitude. But it is important to remember that therapy is a personal and individualized process, and your therapist is there to support you in your journey towards healing and growth. Yeah, when will this journey end? It might be worth discussing any concerns you have with your therapist directly to ensure that you are both on the same page about your treatment goals and and Good advice. Needs, or quite possibly, your therapist could truly, truly suck. <laughs> <laughs> the last part I added to ChatGPT's comment. Oh, I see. Keeping the humor alive, Andy. <laughs> I don't think ChatGPT is qualified to make opinions on what direction you need to go in. I'm a licensed psychologist in three states. I have a PhD. I have a track record of progress with diverse range of clients. Your human therapist sounds paranoid. <laughs> I am incapable of such weakness. I think you would be better served yes. by telling him to take a hike in the desert underneath a circle of buzzards. <laughs> None of that was from ChatGPT. I typed all of that into Play.ht's dashboard, and 30 seconds later, AI Dr. K spit it out. Thanks a lot, Andy. I've moaned in earlier shows uh, about lazy language habits that keep creeping into our vernacular. Uh, ChatGPT hasn't caught onto this latest one yet, thank God. Either I'm neurotic enough to notice it, or the perpetrators aren't neurotic enough to notice it. Have you noticed this, Scott? What's that? Not AI Dr. K. <laughs> What's he still doing here? The real Dr. K. You're basically evil. That was the real Dr. K. <laughs> I'm talking about when pundits and politicians and talking heads keep slipping in the rhetorical question, right? It's spreading like a language virus. 
We're all seeking unspoken confirmation of our opinions, I guess. Meanwhile, it's usually asked among like-minded hosts and guests where they know the rhetorical question isn't going to be disputed or negated, right? It has to do with confirmation bias, seeking out opinions that just match your own and not being aware of other opinions. He was clearly speaking to his base, right? They clearly heard the dog whistles, right? Just once, I'd like to hear somebody argue back, wrong, only dogs can hear ultrasonic tones. <laughs> Another thing I should have pitched Shark Tank's Mr. Wonderful when he was here, Scott. GPS app, Gab positioning system. Hmm. Enter starting argument, enter destination, and my GPS will tell you where to slow down to make a right every step of the way. Look at you. I love the ambition. I love it. <laughs> uh, last season, I mentioned another language habit I don't like. In fact, it's something I haven't liked for years now. The overuse of the word like, 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 like. I'm all aboard with you on that. It is far overused. Well, if it's all right with you, Dr. K, I would like to let this therapeutic clip of an original ditty of mine I've been having fun with and singing gigs around town show listeners what I mean. Okay. Can you imagine me having fun? Yes, I can imagine it because you've developed in therapy. Oh, uh, turn it around on yourself. Okay, I'll give you that one. <laughs> But meanwhile, I still have a ways to go. I enjoy recording the gigs and listening to them after the fact more than I do experiencing the gigs. Might be fodder for a future therapy session. I don't enjoy your therapy or listening to it after the fact. <laughs> Recorded live in Malibu with Nina Beck on the keyboards. This is an original little tune I wrote. It's kind of therapeutic for me because I complain about the overuse of a word. This song is called I Don't Like Like. There is one thing that I'm sure of I don't need to take a tour of The lost road to wit To wit People searching for a word That invariably goes unheard Once again In lieu of The one-size-fits-all substitute That word that leaves our mother tongue-tied Shoot our command of communication has taken a hike. We're as eloquent as a 15-year-old tyke. I don't like, like. I don't like how it's like taking over. It's like as rare as a three-leaf clover. What term did we like used to convey before like, like led our wits astray? I don't like, like, like. I don't like the choicer words it's taking the place of. The ones I hear nary a trace of. Where can I return that crummy gift to gab? Refire the misfiring of neurons in a lab. Can our smartphones make us smarter when we blab? Conversational robodopes stop leaning on like and Siri. Direct us to the place where it's only used for approved or akin to. That would make me like cheery. My little complaint about the overuse of like.
Well, before we visit with non-neurotic Nell, uh, you're not the only one who's threatened by ChatGPT, Dr. K. Silicon Valley is hugely worried it could one day replace Google as the leading search engine. Well, let's embrace change. I don't know about Google, but once again, it's time for... New Search Engines. That stinger always sounds abruptly cheesy at the end. Andy, not everything has to be smooth or perfectly edited or, or produced. I know, I know, I heard you the first time. I didn't absorb what you were saying the first time. <laughs> well, today we're introducing another brand new search engine, a lot more spirited than Yahoo. It's called Whoop Whoop Whoopee. Whoopee. You missed two whoops. Whoop Whoop. <laughs> okay. You know, now that I'm back on the market again, I should look up other ways to meet eligible single women who appreciate a dry sense of humor. I like this, exploring other avenues. My humor isn't wet. It's not even moist. Maybe there are dating sites that cater to these kind of women. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, let me type in L.A. single women seeking dry sense of humor. Okay. Ooh, it's passed. Whoop, whoop, whoopee. <laughs> Dry humor, dry humor, dry cleaners, <laughs> dry mouth, dental disorders. Boy, it's, it's all over the map. Disorder, January 6th, Trump, Stormy Daniels. <laughs> I can't afford whoop, whoop, whoopee with her. <laughs> well, uh, let, me, let me try uh, dating sites for smart single women not interested in money. That's a very positive attitude. I like the mindset. Fantasy, science fiction, <laughs> fiction, Fox News, Trump, con artist, <laughs> sleazy, Stormy Daniels. Jeez, isn't there anybody else besides Stormy Daniels I can meet? Keep hope alive, Andy. What are you, channeling Jesse Jackson now? <laughs> I'll channel whatever it takes to get you moving forward. Uh, anything you want to ask, whoop, whoop, whoopee. Uh, ask why AI isn't a substitute for real therapy. Wow. You're still nursing your wounds over that experience. Yeah, if that's what you think. I think you were leading the witness there, Scott. You're already proclaiming AI isn't a substitute for real therapy. Let, let, let me ask it a little more like a question. Is AI a substitute for real therapy? Oh, okay. Can artificial intelligence replace therapists? Ooh. Artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence, artificial tan, <laughs> artificial hair, Trump, blowhard, <laughs> Stormy Daniels. Okay, Stormy, call me. Non-neurotic Nell. Nell Rogers is about to visit with us. Again, she claims she's never been neurotic a day of her life, if you call that a life. Non-neurotic Nell, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Now, your handle, and tell me if I'm wrong, Dr. K, seems like an example of your own insecurity. You're defensively exclaiming to the world, I'm not neurotic, to hide the fact that you're neurotic, which is neurotic. Now, that comment is you just being neurotic. <laughs> Please don't project your neuroses to me. I think the point here is that all of her activities are non-neurotic because she's not neurotic at all. Her life is a non-neurotic life. So no matter what activity she does, she's not worried. She's not anxious. She's non-neurotic. Like Siri or Alexa. 
Are you basically a robot non-neurotic? I happen to love robots. I am literally in love with my Roomba vacuum cleaner. If I could have an affair with it, I would. You wish your love life literally sucked? <laughs> That's pretty neurotic. It just does what I say. I turn it on and it vacuums my entire home. So yes, if you want to call me a robot, I take that as a compliment. When you turn your partner on, does he do what you say? <laughs> or maybe he sucks. <laughs> She's using robots in a non-neurotic, healthy way, Andy. She's literally in love with her vacuum. That's healthy? I like the way she accesses robots to promote her life in a problem-solving way, not a worrying, neurotic way. Okay, let me ask you this, non-neurotic girl. When somebody's talking to you for a long time, finally lets you have the floor and talk, and they start yawning, what would be your first reaction? Maybe they're tired. Um, you know, they had a bad night's sleep the night before. Their baby woke them up. Come on. You wouldn't think they didn't yawn when they were babbling nonstop at me. Why are they suddenly yawning when I'm doing the talking? No, that's neurotic. Their sleep deficit just happened to kick in the second I get the floor? What are the odds of that? Do they just like hearing themselves talk or am I boring? I would not get neurotic about that in the least. I don't take it personally. I would not think I was boring. I would think that their sleep deficit kicked in because they stopped talking and... Oh, sorry, I was yawning there. <laughs> <laughs> Moving it beyond non-neurotic Nell and taking it in a more non-neurotic direction, it's okay they yawn. And okay they think you or me or non-neurotic Nell is boring. <laughs> One out of three of them is also ungrammatical. <laughs> and it's okay to be uh, ungrammatical, Andy. We all have these moments. Our non-neurotic selves take it in another direction. The younger that I was, I had more neurotic thoughts, but as one ages, they become more mature. Have you not found that for yourself? Not really. I live in LA. I'm not allowed to age. <laughs> okay, let me ask you this. When somebody wipes the corners of their mouth, is that a signal for me to wipe the corners of my mouth? Oh my gosh. <laughs> or are they just nervously wiping their own corners? Who even notices something like that? Come on, it's tricky. If I think it's a signal and I start wiping my mouth, they could think I'm signaling them to wipe their mouths again. That's neurotic. You're not neurotic enough to worry about your face. I don't bother to play mind games like that. All right. What about when you get a new driver's license picture after carrying your old one for 10 years? What about it? Learning you look 10 years older than your old license pic made you think you looked? Wow. So you are. 10 years older. Not according to my distorted self-image I was holding on to all those years. <laughs> Maybe you should get new driver's license pictures more often. All right, well, if a cop ever asks for your old license and doesn't recognize you, and starts wiping the corners of his mouth, I'm happy <laughs> your head won't explode. <laughs> okay, what about this? What if you're in a three-way conversation with two other people, and whenever each of them has something to say, the only one they don't direct their eye contact to is you? That's never happened to me, neurotic guy. Come on. You always get equitable eye contact. Who even notices something like that? Discerning people. Neurotic people. I probably don't even notice if there's equitable eye contact, and then it gives me a moment to think about my own thoughts. So again, I hate to throw it back to you, but I think that's neurotic. Well, I guess you're not neurotic or discerning. <laughs> Just because I'm not neurotic doesn't mean I'm not sensitive, neurotic guy. Uh -huh. It's just that I don't obsess over stuff like you do. Yeah. I appreciate the good in life and accept what I can't change about what isn't so good. 
without thinking everything is screwed up. Uh. That's neurotic. <laughs> All right. I guess I can try to accept what I can't change about what isn't so good. Like that comment you just made. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, non-neurotic girl. Thank you, neurotic guy. And I'll sign off with a yawn. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, it's free to subscribe. And please rate and review us. And give us a follow on Twitter at Andy G. Cowan. Well, we want to thank non-neurotic Nell, our supporters at Benstown McVeigh Media Podcast Networks, Mike McVeigh, Chachi, Suzanne Aksu, Robbie Gessel, and most importantly, our listeners, who AI will never be able to replace. Isn't this where I say something, Andy, and you zing me? <laughs> I'll never zing you, AI Dr. K. Come visit andycowan.cowan.net for a way to reach out and get my big book, Banging My Head Against the Wall, A Comedy Writer's Guide to Seeing Stars, forward by Jay Leno, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Black Rose Writing, and at the National Comedy Center in Lucille Ball's hometown, Jamestown, New York. Itching on the Highway of Life, opening theme by yours truly, instrumental performance by Marty Ripkin, the full tune also available on Amazon, musical stingers by Steve Crum, Lazy Day closing theme by the Bob Mincer Big Band. For your mental wellness, you can reach me at drscottk at psysolutions.net. Until next session, I'm Andy Cowan. And I'm Dr. Scott Kapoyan. The real Dr. K. For now, I see our time is up.